Hello and welcome to UX Research Geeks. I'm your host, Tina Lichkova, a researcher and a strategist, and this podcast is brought to you by UX Tweak, an all-in-one UX research tool. This is the second episode of UX Research Geeks, where we interview two very interesting guests. The first one is Jessica, a sociologist who holds an engineering PhD in digital humanities from the EPFL, and who I got to learn thanks to her great presentation at UX Research Guild Zürich. Dankeschön and merci for that. The second lady is Laurie, a dating coach from Paris, whose main focus is to help her clients to get a more mindful approach when using dating apps. Jessica and Lori join forces in dating app research, and this episode dives into the outcomes and learnings of their study. Happy listening. This is Tina, the host of UX Research Geeks, and I would like to welcome Jessica and Lori. And ladies, I start straight away because I won't tell the backstory, first of all, but I really want to know how a researcher and a love coach come together. Why is the reason you know each other and what were you doing together to, you know, meet and do stuff? Yeah, so I think it's all thanks to Laurie who contacted me. She um, she brought me after reading my work on dating apps and uh, I was very interested in, in, in talking to her because uh, she uh, her work actually is complementary to mine, so... As soon as we spoke, we said, okay, we need to meet and do something together. Actually, it was a good match. Of course, when I, I first um, I first read her, her work and all that, I just wanted to get in touch with her because, yeah, I thought it was very much interesting to, yeah, to, to put all that in common. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it was good. Okay. Maybe going into, this is how you met, uh, but Jessica, what, what were you doing so Laurie get to know your work? And then I come to Laurie, who you are and what do you do? So you were interested in that work. Yeah, totally. so um, what I did with my research, what I did with my research is um, understanding uh, how uh, dating app algorithms are, are developed. And uh, we have the problem that uh, algorithms are very opaque and they are protected by uh, commercial secrets and in the company so uh, I took another uh, methodology to understand these algorithms I analyze interfaces graphical user interfaces how um, users interact with these interfaces but also I analyzed um, the practices of developers that are uh, both working on the algorithmic system and developing this interface implementing these interfaces in, in, in a technological system so Actually, uh, because I was interested in all this uh, perspective, the algorithms, the interface, the developers and the users, I, I produced uh, um, a, actually a, a reciprocated view about how actors communicate with each other and how they establish a matching process all together and not only algorithms. And um, I think it, this is... Uh, but you will say it, Laurie, but uh, this is what I was more interested for uh, for Laurie, that, that I, I give this perspective from from different actors that allow a user 
uh, to understand how the the phenomenon of dating works. And just to just to understand apps. the details, when you are talking about actors, because I don't know if the actors are the users right now or actors are the companies or the apps. Yeah, a great, good question. Um, yeah, that's mainly a sociological term we use. We we call individuals social actors because you have an agency on the on how society is organized. And when I say actors, I also refer to humans and non-humans, which is sometimes not accepted in some communities. But um, uh, thanks to the actor network uh, theory, actually, we put at the same level of importance human and non-humans. And and that was my approach in understanding the dating apps, is how an interface, a technology, an algorithm can... um, can influence actually how relationships are established between data and mm-hmm. users, between between users themselves, between the interface and the user. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Laurie, I'm, I'm trying to imagine like you stumble across the study from Jessica and I'm also very interested in dating uh, research because, I mean, first of all, it's affecting me as a person. Second of all, I'm a researcher and that's very interesting social dynamic. But also, the research that Jessica did is really a technical one, then overflowing a little bit to the people. And you are more on the people side, as I understood. Um, yes, the, um, I used to. Yeah, I was a, a great user of dating app myself before um, before working in the field, more like a professional or an expert. Mm-hmm. And uh, this kind of work was uh, very attractive to me because it's yeah, it's a transversal approach, like sociological, technical, and all that. So it's very rich and very powerful. I never saw that before. And um, as for myself, yeah, when I uh, I was working with the clients, actually, I have this kind of insight of what's more in their head and what is happening on their everyday life. And I can tell how there is like a gap between the, the ideas, the instincts they have, the, the thing that they do more like, yeah, more like an animalistic, in a more animalistic way, because like the algorithm is asking them questions, like answering it. And it's not very more, it's not very conscious. And I could see in, in, in that work, the, the way, the idea that we could just uh, make people get more, assimilate this kind of, uh, uh, trend this kind of concept to be more aware and to use them in a better way not to get affected by it but to use it as a specific tool to help you in in your everyday life mm-hmm. and maybe just a short a step back uh what does mean what is a love coach or dating coach <laughs> <laughs> um i i in a way just to yeah to to that um in a bit of um my backstory is that i became a bit of a ghost writer on dating app at some point is that I was um, I was uh, hired to create uh, my client's profile, like uh, cr- organize some photo shoots, I like uh, create and, and write with them um, their bio, and also help them and and write um, instead in, in their own shoes actually, um, stepping in their own shoes and uh, doing like the pickup line, um, the whole discussions until they got like a, a promise for a first date. So that's how I jumped into the, the field, actually. And I kind of discover how it was for me, not just to be me, myself, in my own my own perspective, but also being a man, being a woman, being a, an elderly, uh, being a retired guy and all that kind of, of stuff. And um, if I may jump in, in, sorry to interrupt you, but just, just to, because it's, for me, it's fascinating, to be honest. And I remember having jokes and selling um, when we were in a bar a little bit 
drunk, I, I confess, and selling to our friend with my uh, good friend uh, a service to him. Like we will, we will shoot pictures and we will write your bio because he couldn't get a girlfriend, and he didn't approve because we were really expensive for him. But now it's like, okay, this is an actual service. So I just come to you and tell you, Lori, I need a profile. I need photos. Please do it for me. Is that is that right? Yeah, it's, it's definitely right. We can arrange a specific photo shoot or we can just figure out in your photo uh, photo section in your phone what kind of picture we just uh, we could pick up so that it's a good storytelling of what you are, who you are and and what kind of relationship you you want to you want to create. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's definitely that and um, sorry. You know, yeah, well, actually, I just wanted to say that this is uh, a new expertise we need in society. And because we um, we have now these tools, these algorithms that are trying to become the expert on relationships, actually. But uh, we are losing this human mediation that Laurie is doing for for better practices of dating, actually, or even developing better mm -hmm. apps. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting the way that we I, I help them, like, it's a bit of marketing or, or storytelling, but also I need to to know the app and and the algorithm um, as the the best I can, so that I I can just say to them this kind of words can be used, this kind of ID, this kind. Of, so at the same time as we were we frequently discussed that topic with Jessica, we are I'm trying to help them to seduce the algorithm and seduce the machine, and also trying to to seduce the the user. At the end of the screen, the other one, the the yeah, <laughs> the love, uh, the love um, prospect. <laughs> okay, it's 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 again fascinating because uh, it's basically I feel norm more normal now, because what you are telling me it's not only that I might be not successful or I am successful in dating I don't know, but we all also have to learn how to approach these apps. Am I right? Okay. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. that's right. That's that. yeah. We need literacy. We need digital literacy. We we are now we have I don't know nine thousand mobile apps of uh, for dating on the Apple Store and the Google Store. So it it is easy now to create apps, and uh, we we are gaining in in technical expertise. Developers can create their own app and release it very easily on the Apple Store and in the Google Store. But the problem is that we are missing this link with with their real problems and the real people affected by algorithms and apps in in the daily life and um, so so I think it is an important question that you don't you don't um, think am I su successful or not but also that you need skills now yeah. to date online and it, it is applicable for other type mm -hmm. of apps yeah it, it's technical uh, technical skills just to understand how the algorithm works and not living kind of fantasy that it's magic or that it's uh, a curse and uh, and also more like the human and the psychological skills like to get in touch with the other to to really communicate and and create something from digital to real life and and definitely it requires skills and understanding from ourselves inside and from like what's happening outside That's really interesting because I remember when I was explaining UX when I started a long time ago in UX uh, to somebody and I was telling them usually the problem is not between the monitor or the laptop and the, and the chair. 
And now you are telling me it's not a problem that the human uh, doesn't know how to navigate it. Um, what skills are we talking about? I can say from from the uh, the technical perspective, actually, um, one important thing is like how how the app is scoring you, and it is very opaque. So you don't know. You think, for example, on an application like Tinder, that you are randomly put there on a list of results, but actually, no, it works like the Google's PageRank, right? If somebody pays a functionality on or has a premium account, the person will be at the top. And uh, also, if you receive a lot of likes, you're going to get a better score. So you're going to be also put on the top of the results. So it doesn't mean that you're ugly or not. Is that uh, these companies created a system that score you according to your behavior and according to some declarative information you put there, for example, if you put a high um, socioeconomic status that you study in this big university or this big company, you're going to receive more likes. Uh, you're going to be on the top. And it's not because, yes, sometimes people tell me, yes, but this is a, a social bias, right? People want to be with the richer person. But, well, no, it's not the case. And if you design an app that puts your socioeconomic status at the top, and it's important for designers, right? If you highlight that, you're going to objectivize that this is what is important to meet somebody. And actually, relationships uh, doesn't work uh, like that. You can say something else, Laurie, like uh, you negotiate always these preferences together, right, with the other person. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's exactly um, like um, Jessica did in, uh, in her in her work, uh, a paragraph, like a chapter dedicated to matrimonial, matrimonial agency and the way they work. And in a way, I'm a bit like that. It's like when I'm creating a profile with someone and when I'm, I'm asking the clients, what kind of relationship will you want? What kind of, um, what is the man of your dream? What is the, the woman of your dream? And based on that, I, I'm trying to, yeah, to negotiate what is really important, what it's not, what is yeah, I, I, um, it could be like the age gap, for instance. Mm -hmm. It could be uh, work skills. It could be, yeah, the socio socio-professional uh, aspect also. So all that kind of, um, all those points are uh, discussed together just to be sure that it's accurate and it's getting that the best results. It's getting them the best results, actually. And uh, by skills also, I would add to what Jessica said, uh, like the personal skills, um, the relationship skills, because sometimes well, um, the the score that she's described is important, but also the way we we see ourselves, because we are experiencing uh, everyday life on dating apps and every swipe and every discussions or every ghosting situation or every non-like that we have, and it can create an ID of ourselves, a vision of ourselves and of our worlds that can be very harmful for us. Mm -hmm. Um, in psychological and mental health point perspective, and so it's very important too that we can understand what it's what is really um, at in stake here. It's to understand what it's really because sometimes you have this kind of instinct, yeah, this instinct like I need to talk to someone, I need to do that, and you, and you have no feedback, you have no um, how do you say that? Yeah, we, we yeah, just no, no feedback for learning yeah. actually. Mm -hmm. 
for learning about what works or what doesn't work and this is an important question in sociology like how we build common sense together in our in our daily life in interacting with others so the apps is a new place with new uh, technical com uh, technical complexity that we don't have uh, an eye on it and it's influencing how we build our common sense how we say okay actually i'm swiping this type of person but they are not liking me back why mm -hmm. Right or I am putting this information, this data on my profile to attract some people, but actually no, it's not working, or it's working in a way that I don't like it. Yeah. And and Nori has this view on the market that we don't have as a user on a dating app. We because it's it's actually a paradox with the digital. It's dividing us. You you have a relationship first with the machine, yeah. not with others. And it's very lonely. You have a unique or unique perspective, so you don't you don't have any any point of comparison. Uh, if I'm on a dating app, I don't I don't see the other ladies that I'm competing with, so so to speak. So it is it like as if I'm going in a, a nightclub. I can see the I can see the guys, but I can't see the other women. So I don't know if I could feel comfortable. I don't know if I can feel at ease. So there is like a big of a bit of stress about the not knowing what is happening behind the curtains um like for the others it's like i'm yeah i'm here on my own a lot of it is happening like the machine is way expecting something from me but i i don't know really why what and and the other guy what are they expecting from me and the other girls what are they so it's a lot of um as we say yeah a lot of unknown a lot of uncertainty that we need to to navigate because it's very time consuming energy consuming and emotionally consuming too uh first of all where were you uh guys when i started to online date <laughs> that's my first question because i this is this is super interesting uh and it would help me to understand even before what is happening because my understanding of dating apps was that it's actually the middleman that it's uh, facilitating the dating for me and it's connecting me to two people and uh, you are telling me and sorry if the paraphrase is absolutely wrong from the technical side it's facilitating not very well to uh, affect me positively that's one of the things and Laurie you are actually stepping as the middleman Uh, and translating the apps and uh, to the people and telling the people to gain the skills for the apps, right? Middle woman. Middle woman, middle yeah, woman. sorry, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's exactly that. As um, we were talking also about that with Jessica, and I told her that I never thought of the dating apps as a um, matchmaker. I never, I never thought that I could um, count on them to help me figure out because I'm the one in charge with matching with someone. I'm the one in charge with organizing the date and, and make it work. So actually, yeah, I never, I don't expect the dating apps to do so. Mm -hmm. And maybe Jessica, before we even go to the skills and Laurie, I'm really interested in, in how you advise the clients, but what are the apps actually doing to us? Because I, I, I mean, I, I think I was aware and mindful of uh, what is happening there. But you, you saw some other stuff and uh, I, I learned that you also uh, had problems to figure out uh, from the developer side how the algorithms, that they are not really willing to share it. Can you maybe explain more about that one? 
What is what are the apps actually doing to us? How they are tweaking our experiences and what I from what I'm hearing from you guys it's that the apps don't work for the user. They work for themselves and how they are doing it. We can avoid uh, the the speech of are are they are Uh, there are good mm-hmm. and bad apps uh, um, because I think what I, I analyze is like how the practices of developers and users themselves create a, a, a complex uh, reality that can sometimes affect us but can sometimes help us. There are people in dating apps that are met their partners or have a lot of success dating a lot. So What I saw was that actually when you, and it applies for designers actually, when you create a design for an interface or you implement it into a system so it works, so it runs, you are going to reduce their social reality into an interface that has specific characteristics, buttons, icons, colors, and so. And this reduction of reality will affect then how others will perceive this reality that you embedded in the interface. This is one main, um, main, main idea that actually created problems for the developers themselves and the, the founders is that, well, I need to create a profile page that works for everybody. And this profile page only has three type of body types to describe women. And actually this data is that what takes the algorithm as an input to then recommend you people. Mm-hmm. So algorithms are, are learning from what you design on an interface and the type of data that you decide to collect. And then actually it, it, this, what I saw is that these profiles that feed algorithm, uh, algorithmic uh, recommendations is that are based on stereotypes or that are based on personal experiences. For example, um, Uh, a gay man who told me, well, I know my community, I know what gay men like, so he designed his profile page about the about men's body, like he saw, how, or like he thought it was attractive. So this, because you translate it into the technique, it actually uh, reinforces the stereotypes we have in society, because then you re- replicate this stereotype to the all the users that are registering in your app. And so do, do you see the, um, the the issue is that when you translate these stereotypes into, into a technique, you're going to amplify a bias that is either in yourself, in your ideas, but also in society. Maybe just to, just to understand and if it's a good example, I have... I will admit I am guilty of not naming my work positions in my profiles because I acted as a CEO and I acted as a head of insights and I was afraid that men just won't chew it. Is this, would you say, the embracing of the stereotypes in a wrong way? 
Well, no, this is like your technique to avoid being classified in the actual stereotypes that work in society. Mm-hmm. And what happens is that the algorithm is going to learn or not from these stereotypes that you embed in the in the profile page. And so, so it's actually, you, you just say it, it you're, it's a mechanism of defense. I don't want to be classified in this specific mm-hmm. data type that the app put it there. And the algorithm only has that to say if you are in this classific class or not, you see. So it can sometimes it's useful for people for people that says, well, um I I I'm in a high status and I want to only uh, find people on a high status. But the problem is that this doesn't favor diversity and this will create oppositions between users and discrimination between users because the algorithm learns that these high status people will go with high status people and what about the others they stay with the low profile type Mm -hmm. in the next section of the podcast we will be discussing rape if you wish not to hear about this topic continue listening at the 29 minute mark and i can give you a, a um Another example. So uh, we have in the data collective data and privacy that I work with, and also Lori is there. Um, we have victims of harassment, of sexual harassment, and uh, one of them was raped, raped by a guy that uh, she met on Tinder. And actually, what we saw is that uh, five girls had the same type of profile. They were all on Tinder and they were all introduced to this type of men that initially they thought he was attract- attractive. So they liked, they liked him and he liked them back. So the algorithm is learning that this type of man goes with this type of women. But what it does is, is what just meant a like in the app is actually learning uh, and it's helping Uh, bad actors to be confronted to a lot of women that are like one of them that was the first victim. It works in the two directions. And that's what it is also complex on dating apps, that it's a reciprocated system of uh, recommendations. So it's not like Amazon that um, says these type of women like these type of books. Is that It's like saying, oh, does this book also like this kind of women? Mm -hmm. So on dating apps, basically, Tinder learned that this guy uh, likes young women at the university living in a specific area. So Tinder presents these guys to all these kind of women. And when these girls also liked him back, the algorithm knows, oh, actually, they like each other. So I'm, I'm going to keep presenting this guy to the same type of women. Mm-hmm. And, it, and inversely. Mm, so it's, whew, okay. But actually, and, and the problem is like, why? Why the, the social preoccupation is why this algorithm is not trying to understand that there are bad actors, that are behaviors that need to be moderated, verified online to give uh, users a safety environment. Uh, Also, the problem is why Tinder is creating this asymmetry relationship that uh, we mentioned with Lori, 
that girls cannot compare each other and say and talk to each other saying hey i met this guy and he's crazy don't go and meet him mm -hmm. right so th what happens is the guy deletes the match and the victim doesn't have any proof anymore mm -hmm. and cannot talk about it also uh yeah fascinating in a better way but it's it's interesting because i know i years back when dating uh, dating through apps became larger now it's really a part of our society i was reading somewhere that actually we through dating in apps we kind of date outside our bubble that we wouldn't meet those people if we would stay in our social bubbles which are natural in real life for us is did that come up somehow in the research that you did yeah so we it depends on the country um a study here in france uh says that people tend to marry or, uh, or partner with the same type of people in the same social class uh, if you go to switzerland people that meet in on dating apps um apparently are more diversified they belong to different social mm -hmm. status uh, we don't know about these studies, which dating apps they are talking about, which has an influence, as I showed in my in my study, because in the way you design a profile page where with specific information, you're gonna find more or less different people actually, as represented in the in the app. And uh, actually, the algorithm is capable of the algorithm is capable of understanding your preferences in the in the throughout time so let's say once you said you like blonde hair but actually the next day you saw a brown hair guy that you also liked and the problem is we come back to a social problem is that it doesn't it, it is not a personalized system this is it's not real actually because what the algorithm understand is that not only you like blonde and sometimes brown hair, but people in average from your sex also like this and mm -hmm. this and this. What I'm trying to say is that the behavior of others, it's accounted in in your position in the app and in your score in the app, and it will affect who do you uh, match with. So if the majority of people on dating apps like blonde hair, but you like brown hair, it will affect you for better or for worse to change your preferences or to give you the same preferences. So it depends also in the majority of people, the type of people that are actually in the app. Maybe a clearer example is on Tinder, you have more um, young people and educated people. So if you're an old person, you're going to have uh, um, less less people from your population or your social class and more people diversify from other from the younger um younger population mm -hmm. and is that um, yeah 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 mm -hmm. uh laurie and i i have few other questions jessica to your research but it's also interesting we picked up on the profiles many times and this is where probably Lori, you come into the game sorry for that word um 
what kind of profiles, what do you learn from Jessica's research people have to establish for themselves? What, what are your recommendations in it? How should they treat their profiles? Um, it's not only based on her work. Actually, mm-hmm. I kind of push them to to be as personalized as they can. Uh, from what I know, it's, it's more like um, the way it can be interpreted by the person behind the screen the, at the end of the at the end of the line. It's more like um, not to use like random notions and to be like a bit specific, a bit sharp, a bit like yeah. It's kind of basic. Um, um basic um wisdom actually it's more when we are um, more helpful i think it's more like the conversational skills and what to what to say to in the pickup line how to when to when is the momentum to ask someone out when is a good uh, discussion topics you can have to to get um because right now there is like a bit of a dating fatigue for the long-term uh dating apps user for instance is that um, at first, you 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 kind of living through this. Oh, it's miraculous! Anything can happen. Actually, I can meet I can meet anybody, someone so different from me. So it's it looks amazing. And after a couple of months, a couple of years, you like like more like yeah, it's getting a bit more painful. You're adopting yourself and all that. So it's more helping them to to create to keep this a uh, bit of magic and to create a real connection with the first talking to each other. And also, yeah, to be a bit different from the other guys and the other girls. So if you're using the same kind of term, just saying, oh, I like going to the restaurant, I love my friends and I like traveling. Eh, it looks a bit like pretty much anyone else. So what? <laughs> now sometimes I just uh, also tell them is like, yeah, most of the time you can expect to, to look good and to be attra- as attractive as you can be to the most people. But actually what I try to say is like, it's okay to 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 be to just to get a proper no or to get a proper yes as long as it, if it's strong, because at least the, the attraction will stay and at least the, the attention will stay too. Because we are basically in a kind of attention war, because sometimes you you match with a lot of different people uh, if you're lucky. Sometimes you don't match with anybody at all. But if you match with some different people, you can be talking to different people and you can be bored in in a couple of hours and never end up never meeting anybody in real life. So sometimes it's important just to keep the pace and to keep the idea of that you can get like a pretty much of um, a real connection, a romantic connection. Also, humor is important, being funny and all that. So it's the kind of help I provide them. And most of the time, it's also besides the fact that I want to help them to find love is I want to help them that uh, to, to have them yeah, the least painful experience of the of the dating apps. That's pretty much it, because um, yeah. And and actually, well, it's Laurie's expertise is based on on the view that she has on multiple people connected and and dating online, which gives her an expertise actually and it's not just wisdom uh, i think it's because you see you receive the experiences of all your clients Mm -hmm. about how they are dating now online which is different from how you were dating at work or in a classroom right so you are she knows actually how this common sense is now built with the apps and with the algorithms and with the other users i mean i am astonished by how helpful the service of yours is because I really think of uh, what Jessica pointed out, that we need the skills. And as much as we talk about it, I'm realizing how much, how unskilled even I myself am in this uh, 
dating uh, environment. Um, maybe just not even about the profiles, but I uh, what when you when we were talking about uh, descriptions and who you are, Lori, you mentioned a mindful approach, which yeah. which is something very much resonating with me because I'm I'm a person which is trying to step into mindfulness maybe a buddhist wannabe and it's something that i'm uh really interested in. like what is the mindfulness when it comes to your context it's to me like um dating apps using dating apps is sometimes something that you do when you're multitasking or when you're in pajamas or whatever like doing the dishes or sometimes uh, you're definitely not focused on what you're doing and when you're swiping you you don't really realize that every choice that you made, every swipe right or swipe left has an impact on the algorithm that has also an impact. Is The choice you make, the choice you don't make, like the guy you swipe left, the guy, it has an impact. And sometimes you're not very uh, conscious of the type of, if you have a type, uh, you're not very conscious of uh, your background because sometimes you have, we all live with our belief system. We all live with our, our values and our expectation. And we are like kind of, projects or assumptions on the others. And the fact that we have this kind of non-linear way of connecting with each other is like creating creating uncertainty, as we say, and creating um, the will to control what's happening. And most of the time you can't control it. Um, for example, to me, it's important to have a proper dating routine, like the time of the time of the day, the number of hours or minutes that you allow to, to eat during the day and to be sure that you have making a bit of introspection also about the kind of person you want to be dating. Are you really available? Not only single, but like properly available to meet someone. Mm -hmm. And if you meet someone, will you think that he's not good enough? Will you think about like, ah, I need to do grocery shopping? Will you be really into the moment when you do it? Will you really uh, consider the people, the person you're talking to as a real human or only as like just some, a screen, someone, some pixel? Because it's only what you see from the other is only like the yeah the digital patrimony the pixelization of his his identity that he's showing to you. Mm -hmm. And and yeah, Laurie, you said something important about the this uh, reactivity we have now with uh, across apps like with the like is so easy to swipe exactly. swipe swipe mm -hmm. and we see the we see the swipe now integrated everywhere to evaluate. Uh, Profiles for for jobs for professors at university uh, um, for even for the here in France you use it to analyze the the political campaigns so it is this type of design is not giving users the the uh, the capacity to reflect on our actions in a slow motion or by taking the time to think in, in, in about the impact of our choices there and what I also see is that we are we are not choosing partners anymore we're eliminating exactly massively. exactly yeah and so it's the, these apps are requesting cognitively other type of tax task for for us yeah mm-hmm I'm just learning so much. Uh, I mean, as a researcher, as a... Sorry, Tina. It's like sometimes we're just kind of forgetting that we are looking for love and like to, to fall in love with someone when most of the time we, we are hurt because we are not feeling loved enough or attractive enough. So sometimes we can lose the focus. It's not about finding love and a soulmate and a partner for life. It's more about do I feel attractive enough? Am I lovable?
But this is something I remember you, Jessica, mentioned in some kind of our discussion that there is a lot of frustration coming from the users. Or, I mean, I, I can I can tell it for myself and you describe it, Lori, as well. Like you start with like, oh, this is going to be fun and something new. And a half a year after that, you, you are like, no, I'm not doing this, excuse me for my language, shit anymore. Uh, because it's just... Ugh. And you are spending too much time on it and you find yourself four hours, you know, swiping Tinder or anything. So where where exactly comes the frustration from? Yeah, well, I think Laurie said the one good uh, point is that uh, we, we, we talk a, a lot about dating, but we actually may be using apps to validate our value in the market. To, to know if we are still attractive to go on a date and if we other people like us, right? And this is one main uh, reason sometimes you go to an app just by, by curiosity, but to see who else is there, it gives a big opportunity in comparison to how it works before. Like you go there and you know you're going to find people. This is one of the main reasons why people are going there. And then actually you start realizing all the problems that come along this open market and is that there are too many people. So you're already putting your, yourself at risk because you know that you're going to have to try a mm -hmm. lot with a lot of people, spend a lot of time, and then also your frustrations are going to be bigger. Right? Mm -hmm. And how would you say, and I don't want to be binary here, but... Uh... And I, I won't be binary here. I would like to know what is the frustration on the men's side? What is the frustration on the women's side? And I'm talking cisgender. And what is the uh, frustration on uh, gay men, uh, lesbians, maybe transgender people? Did you see uh, some kind of different frustration? Was there a distinction between? Or it, we are the same with when it comes to our feelings, what comes out of the apps? Or A big problem I see is that uh, how we are reinforcing our beliefs about how the other the opposite person behaves um, so for the heterosexual people uh, women are reinforcing their their social norms in there like okay the guy has to send the first mm -hmm. message and they wait and then the guy is thinking well I have to give the first step And again, it's because you have first a relationship with the machine, not with the other user. So you don't know, you cannot test directly. Okay, uh, so you're just believing in what you have learned offline. And then also what you're learning online that ah, actually, uh, as a man, I don't get too many responses. So I need to maximize my, my opportunities and I give them the first step. And then for non-heterosexual, There's a big problem first that apps are not uh, embracing diversity as they uh, try to sell it. Uh, what I saw also in my study is that uh, the representation of, of women's bodies is very uh, feminine and eroticized by their hair, by, by the upside of their body. And this mainly corresponds to heterosexual, heterosexual women, but the gay women are also registering in those apps. And uh, the results are filtered usually by binary sex, fa uh, men or women, despite that they have gender options. Actually, when I made the test and my analysis, is that uh, the results, the the how you can describe your attractiveness, it doesn't 
change if you change your gender. It's based on women or men. Mm -hmm. There's still discrimination and exclusion of different types of bodies, of genders, of of people. And um, and what happens also is that we are designing apps that are for the general public because the the economic uh, drive is uh, we need to retain and have a lot of users. And um, the problem is that then gay uh, women are going to, or queer women are going to Tinder, which is for heterosexual and, and bisexual and and they are a, a minority mm -hmm. there. And so what happens with uh, uh, queer women sometimes is that they say, I don't get results. I always get the same people uh, around, which depends on the data sample, the user sample you have there, right? But it also so they also saw that they were exposed to heterosexual and they didn't want to be exposed to heterosexual or to couples that wanted a threesome. And so, uh, yeah, all these problems are coming along with uh, the apps. Laurie? Yeah, um, what I can say about that, it, it, sometimes it come, it's feedbacks from my clients, but I'm not saying that it's a full truth because it's not properly scientifically validated. So I'm not saying that. And, and most of the time also experience is here to validate your bias or validate your your yeah your belief so i'm not saying that it's proper truth but yeah some some men have been came to me sometimes because they could feel that they were transparent and invisible on the dating apps because they yeah they couldn't get any any matches um some women were like i feel harassed because i got so many messages a day and so i, I feel it's a bit unfair and sometimes you have just just two perspective but i can feel also like from elderly people like the, the, the relationship to age that uh, some women after, I would say, uh, 35 years old uh, feel that it's, a, it's, a hard, it's harder for them to, to get matched and to, to feel attractive. Um, and also, yeah, you can say that maybe um, short men can feel that it's harder for them to, to, to be liked or like if they don't have, they don't have hair, if they are bald. Mm -hmm. But most of the time, it, it's, it, we have to remind, we have to, 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 to keep in mind that it's most of the time we are creating and recreating our, our own belief system. For example, when I first started as a ghostwriter, I was um, I was tested. I, I was supposed to be a man, forty something, yeah, forty years old, and uh, I, it was the first time that I was uh, a man trying to seduce women. And at first, when I tried to to do like opening lines and all that, I was a bit. Um, it was a lot of um, deception on my side because I was like, "Oh, Evelyn has uh, has left the chat, and and Geraldine has left the chat." And I was like, "Wow, what's happening? Why why?" Is, is it so hard for me to be to be successful and I, and I kind of uh, in a couple of hours I, I, I got this kind of uh, thought not incel thought, thought but sometimes like ah oh, women maybe they're not funny or women maybe they're not available and maybe so it's so easy to to get those kind of to to use this kind of shortcuts and to think that the other is a problem that the world is a problem and although I'm not I'm not sure that it's helping but I thought no 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 it's super helping interesting it's super helping I mean I, we are if you are kind of sensitive and if you are self-reflected I think it's everybody's a task to be uh, 
seeing their our stereotypes and projections that we have. And this is interesting that you switch into this role and it came out of you. Uh, yeah. naturally because it, it, so, it's scary I was but... ashamed I was ashamed of myself I was like what what's happening to you what's happening in your head I was like be respectful to your own gender you know <laughs> like ah shut up but, me but yeah it was pretty quick but unfortunately you really got into the role that's that's the scary thing <laughs> you know so that's I mean I'm sorry for guys listening to us I'm, I'm not trying to stereotype as I generalize but yeah this is yeah, yeah. wow Yeah, totally. And I think the problem is also with this, uh, as I said, how you how we put our values and norms into an object, like an app, into the technique. And this is what allows you to, to see something that you didn't see before uh, and say, then, because it's based on what you declare as information and the story you're telling online by textually, has another impact that when you when you just say or see it elsewhere so in there you actually put your attention or yeah maybe I'm bold and that's why it doesn't work or maybe it's it's because I put my education level and it doesn't work and that's what it has I think a bigger impact when you're dating online than when you're dating offline yeah, and most of the time we are also there is a bias because when we are Uh, talking about what's happening to us when we are it's as i say it, it's like a very lonely activity but sometimes you're sharing your experience and you your feedbacks with like your girlfriends and all that but sometimes you're like if you're just um talking to girls you will you will really quickly say ah all men are trash or they ghosting men are the are ghosting most no everybody can get ghost on everybody can find love if there is no gender regarding that I mean, I feel like texting my Brazilian buddy who would discuss the dating uh, all the time together because he's my biggest source of wisdom, right, in the last couple of years. But he, he tells me from from the man, a heterosexual man perspective, and it's really interesting. So th I'm, I'm actually proud we have this connection, <laughs> although it's sometimes very frustrating. Ladies, uh, I mean, I can imagine also one specific thing and as we tackled this this gender roles and you were doing this research and uh are stepping into this roles as you were telling how did the research affect you personally as people as as women i think um i will start if it's okay um for for me it's a very powerful tool that i i can get access to thanks to jessica because um I feel more legit in my work, legit in my work, but also as a as a human being, as a citizen too. It's like I, I I'm more aware of uh, how the algorithm works. So to me, I yeah, I got the knowledge. So I, I'm 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 in peace. So I feel that it's really uh, really helpful for me. And I also understand that um, what is the responsibility of the machine? What is my own responsibility? And in that way, I feel empowered because. Uh, Of course, yeah, I'm responsible for my own love life and, and I'm responsible for protecting my data and I'm responsible for protecting my body and my soul and all that. But I'm also, yeah, I feel, I think that I feel empowered because I feel more in charge of my life and what I can expect. And I can just uh, consider dating apps as it is, like a tool, which can, which can be improved, but which as it is, is really helpful too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and actually, so I met a um, a driver 
of uh, an app free now like Uber until um, here in France and and uh, we have so many things so many problems in common about dating apps and, and mobility apps because when you use Uber you're being profiled mm -hmm. also right as a client and as a driver and you're also being put in, in, in competition with other drivers They try to understand why I get this ride and not another one. Why he's getting the best rides and not myself. Like like what how we can feel on on dating apps, right? Why this guy is getting the these women or or these women are getting these guys. So actually, it was very uh, nice for me. Also, like everything that I have learned with Lori is like how we actually we get empowered by knowing more about a system, by knowing more about what data is collected and how this specific data that we are pu putting publicly is affecting our daily life. Both online and offline, as we see with dating apps, it affects who are you going to meet face to face and, and how you evaluate your feelings and, and your attractiveness and, and so. So um, I think, it, yeah, it, the research has been for, for, the, for the best for myself and the community. And, and the works like uh, Laurie, but also this uh, driver, he's putting together people. We, we are really creating social groups again that are divided by the technologies somehow uh, by side effects or it's not saying that there's an evil demon there behind the app saying, oh, we're gonna... <laughs> but uh, people like Laurie... Uh, you are putting together the daters and, and, and their no the knowledge their knowledge at their service back again you see that's I think very powerful mm -hmm. yeah. and to, to wrap it up slowly I want to go into two questions one is I know you were mentioning slow dating which was really interesting which actually really resonated so what is that And how can it help me as a person? Oh, um, yeah, slow dating, it's actually trying to use it really backwards, use dating act, dating act backwards. But I try to do that. Sometimes um, it's like, yeah, you can have a, a first date and just talk and just go to the movies and maybe at some point hold hands and maybe just, yeah, it's, it doesn't have to be rushing into things. Um, just to, because most sometimes like, yeah, lately we've been meeting a lot of different people and we feeling like an, an, a global anesthesia, like we don't know what we feel anymore. We don't know if someone is creating sparkle. We don't know if we can trust the sparkle, if it's like a chemical reaction of, of fear and it's not really love. So sometimes I feel like it's, it's not really easy right now to be living it and to be conscious of what's happening and to see if like butterflies are coming or sparkle or just attraction. So yeah, just to, to take your time and to be texting if you want to be texting, to be calling each other if you want to be calling, go to the movie, go to the restaurant, just having a walk and take your time. You doesn't have to rush into sex if you don't. You can rush into sex if you want. Just use the tool the way and personal, personalize it and, and just try to Not to, to feel like there are rules because right now, as like dating apps are existing for a couple of years right now, 
people are like, oh, I know there are rules where you're talking now on you're t- talking on the on the app. After that, you go on WhatsApp. After that, you send them mm-hmm. a vocal a vocal memo. After that, you need to go on the first date, and after that, you can have sex on the third one. And then no, you you can create the rules. Actually, there are no rules. It's just like the jungle, and there is no proper regulation right now of the behavior. But um, you can create your own and create your own. Um, methodology your own dating routine and your own way of do i feel love do i feel attraction did i find a friend did i find a, yeah did i find a, a wingman to go to an exhibition or something you can do pretty much anything actually just don't consider the app as something that is a prison you can consider yeah you can make it grow you can use it to your own advantage mm-hmm. Yeah, this is this joins what we have spoken, Laurie. That uh, you don't you don't have to become yeah. an expert yourself of the app because yeah. then you get trapped. So you upskill, you ups, upgrade your skills, but you exactly. don't become an expert. Otherwise, you're gonna you're gonna feel frustrated. And there are men and women that feel like. Actually, yeah, I'm tired of having a lot of success of going on a date whenever I want with whoever, whoever I want sometimes and or having all these rules. And then you're like, okay, but now I just want to stop dating. When is the right time? So I think this is important as not being yeah. an expert and let it go, gain certainty to protect your private life. But also, don't yeah, just uh, let exactly. It go. That, that's what you're <laughs> describing on, in, in your in your work is that there is a, a fine line and uh, <laughs> between like uh, the the um, calculation and the fact that you want to control your environment and you need to be a bit uh, focused mm-hmm. and and yeah, in what's happening and aware, and also the fact that you need to let go. You just need to let go and to and to let yourself be surprised mm-hmm. by the other. Yeah, this joins the idea of yeah. uh, exploring. How can we have better apps that let us explore exactly. new preferences, new types of couples? And it's super important, I think, today for for women for uh, to that we are reorganizing our preferences, our social structures about uh, what is a woman in life or what are what is a queer person in this society. So. If the apps helps us, and if we yeah. learn to explore beyond what the apps is exactly. exposing us to, then I the think the exploration uh, part is yeah. is really important. Also, because sometimes we are used to date the same kind mm-hmm. of people, and sometimes it can just be used to you know, oh, if I date this other kind of yeah, another gender, another kind, another color, hair color, another just whatever, just try it out because it will mm-hmm. reinforce who you are and who you want to who you want to become. And in that way, it's really important to to test. The famous test and learn. <laughs> it's uh, it's also mm-hmm. helpful. Yeah, it's totally. interesting because uh, I heard a metaphor or a, a example of uh, if a woman gives a birth, there are two experts in the room. There is the doctor and there is the woman because she's an expert on on her body. And this tells me a little bit that you don't have to become an expert in dating or how to seduce dating apps, but you have to become an expert of yourself in dating. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You said it. (laughs) You said it perfectly. And my last question, Jessica, it will be probably to you to to look at the app side again. Uh, What should the apps do to really fulfill the promise of matchmaking? What is their responsibility? 
because we were talking about like how do we behave and I get it it's very much on our side but I want the apps to be better as well <laughs> yeah totally well first is to take responsibility on what they're doing they are not just a technological company they are a company that are building or not or affecting relationships and um and I think sometimes they they just don't want to take uh, responsibility on that like for tinder and and so it's like we're just putting people together we're just matching and uh, no you can actually control the quality of the relationships of the matching of the interactions on the app by verifying systematically the profiles by moderating the conversations by protecting the personal data that is collected and that today is shared mm -hmm. with so many other companies okay. outside so they they don't con they don't your data is used on the dating app but also elsewhere because they resell it to put you on on to target you and give you advertisement so these a better control of personal data better control of the processes of interacting online which give a better quality of the interactions and i think also you need to say the limitations of the apps you say this is what we can do this is what we cannot do and and it also allows to uh, lower the expectations a little bit of uh, as a user right yeah it's they are responsible for creating a safe space actually dating apps is supposed to be we are creating a safe space for you like a a, um, a virtual room mm -hmm. discussion room between the two of you or the three of you. so the, the notion of safety is really important and there is plenty plenty of room to <laughs> for improvement in that part <laughs> okay mm -hmm. yeah and for, for the algorithms it's important that you mm -hmm. we yes. gain in transparency how it works how this and and, and then stop thinking about uh, actually use use this transparency to get feedback from others, from experts like Glory, but from users themselves that know better about what they want. And today this link is missing. You have, you either make user tests based on traces capture online, or you take uh, comment suggestions by email that are treated by uh, this control, the support, technical support. And so the information is filtered and lost and it doesn't actually improve the technology. So if you reestablish this link with society and you actually listen to them, I think that the, mm -hmm. the technology can only be better. Super closing words. If you, but if you still feel like there wasn't said something which is important to say, say it now, because I think, say it now, <laughs> never. <laughs> I don't know. I... When, just mm -hmm. to talk about the project we're working now, it's um, with dating privacy, is that we have seen and we have proved that when you recover your personal data, because we all have the right to do it, you ask a company your personal data, actually you mm -hmm. learn a lot about your practices. You learn about how much time you spent online, how much, how many times you opened the app and how many likes you give uh, in an average or per day and so and so this actually becomes valuable knowledge for yourself and also for others because uh, what we try to do with Laurie is that all this knowledge can be shared with other people using dating apps so so it actually breaks down the asymmetry relationship between 
women men between heterosexual and queer and so and and the algorithm and and the humans is you learn something with this personal data you show it and 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 you share the knowledge uh, actually with others mm -hmm. and when it comes to the sharing where can we follow you where you share your wisdom not in on, on only in this podcast but where can we follow your wisdom for even more mm -hmm. I think we, well, we have uh, our website, uh, Lori's website, our wiki. Uh, we try in our wiki to map all the data that is collected and, and show how this, for example, if you go to Grindr, uh, uh, your your HIV status will affect your profiling. But if you go on Tinder, it will be in the university you attended, right? So this mapping is useful if you want to contribute with. Um, we also have tools in there uh, that uh, actually improve your your knowledge about uh, algorithms and the in the personal data economy. Mm -hmm. Great, ladies, thank you. This was so much fun, so much wisdom. I'm happy that I have a weekend coming because I, I will. Yeah, it will take time to, you know, <laughs> chew it in my mind and in my, in my brain really helpful really insightful thank you so much for having us thank you for listening to ux research geeks if you like this episode don't forget to share it with your friends leave a review on your favorite podcast platform and subscribe to stay updated when a new episode comes out this podcast was brought to you by ux tweak an all-in-one ux research tool